Well, I want us to think today about being grateful. I want to think about thankfulness uh, in preparation for this coming Thursday and, and really every day, every day we ought to be thankful. I just, uh, I think we're not thankful enough. As a matter of fact, in Romans chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible is describing how the world got into such a mess how everything got so bad, how, how people just moved off into all kinds of sin. And it says in verse 21 that even though they knew God, this is talking about originally back a long time ago, when they knew God, they didn't honor him as God and they didn't give thanks to him. They didn't give thanks. And as a result of that, they became futile, that is empty in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. And then the next few verses just talk about just downward spiral, just downward, downward, downward. Things just got worse and worse and worse. But it kind of starts with not being thankful. And when we're not thankful for who God is and what he's done for us, then it just gets worse and worse and worse in our life. We can't really, really appreciate who he is, and we begin to make idols. That's what the next few verses say. They just begin to to worship idols and worship the creature rather than the creator and things like that. So I want us to think about gratefulness today. And along this line, I want to talk about the exhortations to, to, to gratefulness, the different passages in the Bible that tell us to be thankful, some of them. And then I want to think about the enemies of gratefulness. What is it that keeps us from being grateful, and then I want us to think about the enhancements, that is, the things that can help us be grateful, and then finally, I want us to think about the expressions of gratefulness. How do we show and say that we're grateful? So let's look at some verses that tell us to be thankful. There's actually two kinds of verses. There's some that tell us to be thankful, and then there's some that tell us to give thanks. There's really a difference in the two. Being grateful is something that is in our heart. It's just something that we just know. We're just glad. We're happy and thankful that God has has been so good to us, that he is so good, that he's so blessed us. I remember back about 47 or maybe 48 years ago, I had an opportunity to preach for the first time in an African-American church. And I loved it so much. I'm telling you, it made me wish I was African-American, Brother John. I'm telling you right now, they just, they, they had such joy, such worship, such passion for God. And I went to that little church over in Fort Worth to preach. And the pastor got up. And I tell you, if nothing else had happened that whole day except his prayer, I would have been blessed. Man, he got up and started praying, and he was just thanking God. He said, God, when I woke up this morning, blood was flowing through my veins. My heart was beating. Thank you, God. And I thought, well, I've never even thought about thanking God that my heart was beating. And then he started saying, and God, when I opened my eyes, I could see. And I could see things. And then I could hear birds singing outside. And I smelled bacon cooking in the kitchen. Well, that kind of got me excited too then. And I thought, now we're getting to it. We're talking about food. And so, but, but he just began to thank God for things that I never thought about thanking God for. And 
I was so blessed. By the time he got through praying, I felt like I'd already had church that morning. And just just his prayer. And I thought, man, I want to be thankful like that. But not just be thankful. I want to give thanks. I want to say it. I want to thank my wife. I want to thank my family, my children. I want to thank you, my church. And then mostly, I want to give thanks to God. So listen to some of these verses. This is Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. We actually already have seen it up here, but let's look at it again. It says, Colossians 3, 15, and I don't have it written down here, so I'm waiting on the Brad to put it up there on the screen. All right. And let the peace of God, peace of Christ, rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Be thankful. Let God's peace just rule in your heart and just be thankful. And then the next verse is over in Psalms 100 verse 4. And this is a psalm that I memorized even as a little boy, but I it's just so, so important. Psalm 100, verse 4, that says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Be thankful. Give thanks. And then Ephesians chapter 5, verses uh, 4. And verse 20, Ephesians 5, verse 4, says, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking coming out of your mouth. In other words, he says, don't let filthy stuff come out of your mouth. Don't let bad language come out of your mouth, which is a real problem today. I could just preach on that for a little while. But we won't, we don't want bad words to come out of my mouth, but he says, instead, let there be thanksgiving. I mean, there's so much more to say God thank you for than there is to use filthy, coarse, uh, profane language. And I, I'm just so grieved. I'm telling you, when I was, when I was a, a high school student, the, I, I never heard a girl curse. But they tell me now that the girls are as filthy-mouthed as the boys are. And I, I just, I, that just grieves. I mean, it's bad enough for boys to be filthy-mouthed, but I just think, sweet girls. Maybe they're not so sweet. I don't know. But just to think. And then people tell me, uh, we have a policeman that lives with us. He said, uh, Brother Nick, you just won't believe the kind of language I hear every day. He said, it's just I feel like I need to come home take a bath. It's just filthy language. And not just from the criminals, but from the even some of the people I work with. And then different ones. Our daughter who works up in New York City, she said, man, just nobody thinks anything, thinks anything about just talking filthy. Well, I tell you, God thinks something about it. God says, look, don't let that stuff come out of your mouth. I mean, if you're a Christian, said, don't let filthy language come out of your mouth, but rather let thanksgiving come out of your mouth. Let praise come out of your mouth. And then verse 20, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20 says, giving thanks always. 
and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you, the Bible is clear that God wants us to be thankful and to give thanks. And then Colossians 3, 17, this is just kind of close to the verse we looked at at the beginning. Colossians 3, 17 says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, that's everything, by the way, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So what I'm saying, I think you've got the point now, God wants us to be thankful and God wants us to give thanks. But there are some things that keep us from doing that. What are the hindrances or the enemies to thankfulness? And the first one is probably going to surprise you. I think one of the great enemies of gratitude is abundant blessings. Abundant blessings. You would think that the more God blesses us, the more grateful we would be. But there's something about human nature that it's almost the more God gives to us, the less grateful we are. I tell you, we see it even in children. You know, there were times when about all kids had to play with was maybe one rubber ball or maybe a hoop and a stick. Now, you kids don't know what a hoop and a stick is, but a, a barrel hoop or just a, a band that goes around a barrel, they'd have it and they'd take a stick and they'd push that hoop around and, and they'd play with it. And, and they were so happy to get something like that. Now, though, you go into most kids' toy rooms, and it looks like Toys R Us. I'm telling you, they got so much stuff, and they've just got more stuff than they can play with, for one thing, and they've certainly got more stuff than they can appreciate. And, uh, and you say, well, that, those little stinky rascals, well, God looks at us the same way. He says, look, I've just blessed you, blessed you, blessed you. And it seems like the more I bless you, the less thankful you are. And I tell you, God wants us to be thankful. But one of the things that keep us from being thankful is having so much. I was telling my Sunday school class that years ago I was in Liberia several years ago. And I went to that country. First time I've ever been in a place where people literally were starving, where there was genuine hunger. And uh, I, I didn't know what I was going to eat while I was over there. So my wife, when I go on a mission trip, she tries to pack me some stuff to kind of keep me alive. And she usually packs me some peanut butter and, you know, staples of life, you know. And, uh, and she had packed me a whole bunch of cheese and crackers or peanut butter and crackers to get it at Sam's and so forth. And then she had sent some Vienna sausages. Now, a lot of people look at Vienna sausages and they just say, yuck. But I actually like Vienna sausages. And, uh, and uh, we used to eat them a lot when I was a boy. And so I carried several cans of Vienna sausages. And when I got over there and saw these little kids so hungry, I couldn't even eat. I just thought, God, I, I can't sit here and eat in front of them. So I opened one of those cans of Vienna sausages, and instantly I had about 20 little old kids just right there looking. What is that? What is that? 
and I showed it to them. And, of course, there's only like six in a can, so and there's 20 kids or so. So I'd take one out, and I'd break a little piece of it off, and I'd give it to one of them. Man, they'd eat that and just, oh, thank you, thank you. And I thought, man, I can't imagine a kid in America saying thank you for a piece of vein of sausage, you know. And and they they just began to eat that, and, and I, I, I broke one, gave it to one little boy, and it was a little bigger piece than, than the others had had. He broke his in two and gave some to his brother who was with him. And I thought, my goodness, sharing their vegan sausages. And they were so thankful. I'm just standing there, sitting there bawling. I'm crying like a baby watching these kids eat vegan sausages. And, uh, and then when we got finished, they would eaten them all. I was going to pour that old gelatin water out. Before I started to pour it out, one of them said, no, 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 don't pour it out. And they take it, and they pass that around. They're each one taking a sip of that, whatever's left in there. And then one of the boys, after they had all had all they could eat, he, he had a, the long, longest tongue I've ever seen. And he's licking that can. And I, I'm just thinking, I... I can't imagine. I've never seen that kind of gratitude in my life, and I've never had that kind of gratitude in my life. And God convicted me, said, "You know, you need to be thankful. You need to be thankful for everything. And the reason you're not is because vienna sausages don't look like something special to you, because you have so much. You have so much. So abundance can." Can, can rob us of our gratitude. Listen to this in 1 Timothy chapter 6. It's a pretty long passage. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 5 through 10. And that's going to be a warning to rich people. Now, usually, used to when I'd read these verses, i think, well, that's not talking to me. That's talking to Mark Zuckerberg or that's talking to Bill Gates or somebody like that. They're rich people until I got to studying some and found out that if you make over $30,000 a year, you're in the top 2% of all the people in the world. Did you know the average income in most parts of the world today is $2 a day? That's the average income. So that's less than $700, about $700 a year. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, uh, let me see if I've got the right verse up there. Verses 5 through 10, yeah. Uh, he's warning people. He says that there are these people who imagine that godliness is a means of gain. And then verse 6 says, Now, there is great gain in godliness with contentment. In other words, if you whatever you have, if you're really grateful for it and content with it, there's gain in that. But we brought nothing into this world. And we cannot take anything out of this world. No, you know, no, no hearse has a U-Haul on the back of it. And uh, for if we have food and clothes with these, we should be content. If you have food to eat and clothes to wear, be content. But those who desire to be rich, that is their goal is to get rich, they fall into temptation. And into a snare, 
into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. And then verse 10 says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It doesn't say money is the root of all evil, but the love of money, that, that materialistic drive. And it is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and have pierced themselves with many pangs. So the more we have, sometimes the less grateful we'll be. And, uh, uh, and then another thing is comparison. Comparison. Looking around at other people and seeing, well, he has this and I don't have that. Uh, and, and comparing talents, comparing possessions, comparing positions, comparing intelligence. You know, sometimes I think, man, I wish I was as smart as so-and-so. Wish I was as talented as Tracy. Uh, you know, and, and God says, look, I gave you what I want you to have. And just be grateful for it. Use it for my glory and your joy. And don't want what other people have. Listen to this passage in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Paul is warning people against comparing themselves with others. 2 Corinthians 10, 12, which says, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. I tell you, you look around and you want what somebody else has. The Bible really calls that envy, which is another, uh, another enemy of, uh, of, of gratitude. But... God says, don't, don't compare yourself with other people. Just be grateful for what he's given you. And then the last thing I'll mention on this is expectations. Expectations. Proverbs 10, 18, or is that 28? 10, 28. I jotted these down with a, that's my sermon outline for today, so didn't do it very fancy proverbs ten thirty eight says the hope of the righteous brings joy but the expectation of the wicked will perish you know what here's the thing about expectations i tell when i'm marrying couples when i'm doing pre-marriage counseling i say look give up your expectations because if a man marries a woman say well here's what i expect from her what happens when you get what you expect you're not grateful because you expected it. And if you don't get what you expect, then you're irritated. You're disappointed and frustrated, right? I mean, if uh, uh, if John here owed me uh, $100, I had loaned him $100, and he said, okay, I'll, I'm going to pay you back. And he comes, and so I'm, I'm expecting him to pay me that $100, right? And I see him here at church, and he says, oh, well, here, here's $10. What am I going to say? Where's the rest of it? That's just 10 You owe me 100 you know. And if I'm expecting 100 and he gives me 10 I'm not going to be real grateful for that 10 right? 
okay? So my expectations, my expectations keep me from being grateful. And so if, if we have, and a lot of people today in America especially live with kind of an entitlement uh, mentality. Well, I expect this. I expect this out of other people and out of God. And so if God gives us what we expect, we just say, well, that's what we expected. We feel like we deserved it. But if he doesn't give us what we expect, then we get irritated. I hear people talking about all the time, well, I'm mad at God. Man, I'd be ashamed to say something like that after he's been so good to us. I mean, I, I would never think about being mad at God. No, I'm, I'm thankful to God. He's given me 10 billion times more than I deserve, and he has not given me what I do deserve, thankfully. Praise God that he had. But I tell you, if you, if you have expectations, then you're not going to be thankful. In fact, you'll, you'll be bad. Uh, Austin, suppose... One day, some guy comes by. He's walking down the street, comes up to your house, knocks on your door, and said, Hi, are you Austin? You say, Yeah. He said, I want to give you $100. And he hands you a crisp $100 bill. Now, you would be thankful that day, wouldn't you? You'd be, Wow, thank you. That's great. Then the next day, he comes by the house, and, and he comes to your door again and said, Hey, I want to give you another $100. And he gives you another $100. He does this day after day for 10 days, 20 days, 30 days. And you're excited. Every time you see him coming, you're thinking, I already know what I'm going to buy with that next $100. And then on the 31st day, you see him coming and you run to the door. He's standing there waiting. He walks right by your door, walks right on past your house, goes down to Paul and Elizabeth's house. <laughs> and he says, I want to give you $100. Now, wouldn't it be foolish if you stuck your head out the door and said, You jerk! Where's my $100? That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? He's already given you $3,000. And if you're mad because now he's blessing somebody else, wouldn't that be ridiculous? you think, well... Nobody would really do that. I guarantee you, people do that all the time. We do that all the time. We'll go along, and God just blesses us and blesses us and blesses us, and then all of a sudden something happens, and we feel like, well, God, how come you're not blessing me like I want you to today? And then we see him blessing somebody else, and we get irritated about it. That's just silly, isn't it? And so that's a, an enemy of of gratefulness. Well, then what are the enhancements? How do we, what makes us grateful? Well, one thing is humility. Just admitting, God, I don't deserve anything. I, I, I'm really nobody. I just, but whatever you give me, I'm going to be grateful for. So humility and then contentment. We've already talked about that. Just knowing that if I have food, and we got plenty of food, don't we? We're going to have food here in a few minutes. And, and if I got clothes, thankfully we all got clothes. So if I have food and clothes, I'm just going to say, God, that's enough. I have what I need. Those are the things I need to live. And there are a lot of people in the world today 
who don't have food. And there are some people, not often in other countries, there are people right here within not many miles of us that do not have enough food to eat. And for many of them, Thanksgiving, their Thanksgiving dinner will not look like our Thanksgiving dinner. They will not have enough to eat. So contentment. And then a sense of purpose. Listen to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. You know, what we focus on is what we, that's what determines the way we think. If I, if I think about what I don't have, I can get, I can get what would be the right word. Envious, uh, sad, upset. It's true in relationships, by the way. If I, I tell married couples all the time, you know, if a woman says, well, I'm, just, I'm so irritated at my husband. I say, well, why don't you make a list of his good qualities? Well, I don't want to do that. I can't think of any good qualities. I say, well, let me help you, and I'll mention a few, and then she'll think of one or two, and then she begins writing down his good qualities, and she said, wow, I didn't realize he was such a fine guy, you know. You ought to do that. I have a list of things that I appreciate about my wife. I keep it with me on my iPad. I keep it on my iPhone. Not that I need to refer to it a lot, but... uh, but but if I ever get kind of irritated or something at her, and I think, well, she's just, I'll pull that out and look at it. I don't get past number 10 before I'm saying, wow, I'm so thankful for my wife. And I tell you, I am thankful for my wife. And, ju- and for, for little things. You know, I have never in 52 years, I have never gone to my sock and underwear drawer and it be empty. She always has clean clothes in my drawer. And I think, when I open that drawer, I say, God, thank you for a wife that takes care of me. I, I, know, I know some of you men may be thinking, well, I wish my wife would have mine. Well, your wife probably does other things too. You know, I don't know. But, uh, but I mean, really, if you look for things to be thankful for, they're there. And so this verse says, finally, brethren, uh, let go. I said, yeah, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I tell you, we determine what we think about. And I can think about negative things and become a negative person. Or I can think about good things and become a positive person. Now, I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. I'm talking about the power of reality thinking. Because every one of us, there are things in our life that are on the negative side. There are things that are on the positive side. And I choose which one I'm going to think about. I choose if I'm going to think about the good and be a grateful person, or if I'm going to think about the bad. And then, uh, and then just think about the supply that God provides. I tell you, 
Man, that song, Count Your Many Blessings, Name Them One by One. Boy, I love that song. My mother used to sing that to me when I was a little boy. And uh, I'd go to bed at night. I never I, I never have been able to go to sleep very, very fast. I, and I'd say, Mama, I, I can't go to sleep. And I'd say, uh, Tommy, my cousin, said that he counts sheep before as he goes to bed. And so I'll, maybe I'll try counting sheep. She said, Son, don't count sheep. Count your blessings. Count your blessings. And said, You start listing all the things you're thankful for, count your many blessings, name them one by one. It'll surprise you what the Lord has done. And I start counting my blessings, and I think the devil had put me to sleep because he didn't want me counting all them blessings. He said, oh, you're getting too excited about God. I'm going to sleep, you know. I don't know whether he did it or what. But, uh, But I tell you, there's a lot to count. Count your blessings, and it will surprise you what God has done. And then as I count my blessings, I think about, I just think about the Bible even. Just, God, thank you that I have a Bible. The first time I ever went to Bulgaria, we took Bibles to Bulgaria in the modern Bulgarian language. The people in Bulgaria had been under communism for 70 years and all their Bibles had been taken away from them. And if they had been able to smuggle or hide a Bible, like this one church, the church there in Yomble that I go to so often, they had one Bible for the whole church. And it was a, an old Bible, like we'd consider old English. And the pastor tore out every page in that Bible and he would give each member of the church a few pages of the Bible. And he'd say, now, because if, if you got caught with a Bible, you could be arrested. And they would all have a few pages of the Bible, each member. And so when we went over there, we took Bibles this was after communism had collapsed. That fell in 89, and we went in 91, maybe, 92, something like that. And, uh, and we took Bulgarian Bibles in the modern Bulgarian language. And when we got there, we had like 400 pastors that had gathered, and we told them, we have Bibles for you. And they just began to weep. I've never, I was totally unprepared. And they came up and they would take those Bibles and they would hold them up and hold them like that, kiss them and weep. And my son and I were just standing there. We were weeping too. And I thought, man, I bet I have 40 Bibles in my house. And I don't remember a time. There have been some times since then, but I didn't remember any times before that that I had picked up my Bible and wept and held it and said, Oh, thank you that I have a Bible that I can read. And those pastors were so grateful. And I'm so thankful to have a Bible in my language that I can read. And then the greatest thing to be thankful for is our salvation. There's a little song we used to sing. It says, Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. 
Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so full and free. We ought not to ever take that for granted. If you're, if you're a Christian, every day you need to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving my sins. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for, for drawing me to yourself. Thank you for saving my soul and making me whole. And there's so much else, just all the supply that God has provided. And then I'll just close with how do we express thanksgiving? Well, the first way is what? Just say it. Just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. But not just, not just to God, to one another. Girls, boys, how often do you say to your mom and dad, Thank you. Thank you so much. I've told you before, my dad was far from a perfect man. But I'll tell you one thing. I I don't remember ever a time that my dad got up from the supper table that he didn't say, Sweetheart, thank you for that meal. That was so good. Thank you for, for dinner tonight. And, uh, and there were a few times I'd get up and start to leave the table, and he'd say, hey, son, did you thank your mother for this food? I was about to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you, Mama, for that good dinner. And, uh, and even if I didn't like it, I had to thank her because she still cooked it. She said, I, can't, I, I can't remember a time I didn't like it, though, now that I think about it. I always liked it. And so girls, you girls right here, how often do you say to your mom and dad, thank you, mama, thank you, dad? Austin, how often do you say to Ann, thank you so much, thank you for what you do for me? Huh? Why don't you just tell her right now, just say thank you, mom. There you go. Aren't, aren't you pretty, doesn't it feel good? feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. Just say Thank you. Thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for providing for me. Thank you for providing a place for me to live. And then husbands, wives, if you're not careful, you'll get to where you just kind of take each other for granted. You'll forget to say thank you for what you do for me. And uh, don't let that happen. Say it. Just say it. And, uh, and then another way to express your gratefulness is by being generous to other people. If God's blessed you, be a blessing. God said to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you a blessing. Look, if God's blessed you, then bless other people. I tell you, if you go out to eat, Go to Waffle House. How many of you ever eat at Waffle House? You ever, ever eat at Waffle House? Okay. I want to tell you something. Lots of times, and that's, that's not, I guess, a stereotyping, but a lot of times the waitresses that work at Waffle House, a lot of them are single moms. A lot of them, a lot of them are having a rough time. And I tell you, if you go to a place 
And you just kind of sense that, you know, this this waitress, it's like she's having a rough time. Instead of leaving a 50-cent tip, leave a $5 tip. And just just say, I just want to bless you. I, I, and you say, well, man, I, I can't afford to do that. Well, if you can't afford to leave a tip, you probably can't afford to go out to eat. Just eat at home, you know. Go ahead and make you some rice and beans and, and, and eat it at home. I, that's good, too. But if you're going to go out to eat, just plan to take a little extra something to bless the person that serves you. And uh, and a lot of times, you know, you just look around and you see people that, that has a need. And in the early church, the Bible says that the people looked around and they saw some had more than enough, but some didn't have enough. And so those that had enough gave to those who didn't have enough so that everybody had all that they needed. That's the way God intends it to be. So don't just say, also share and help others. And then the last thing that I'd say is just to rejoice. Let the joy of the Lord fill your heart. If God has blessed you, let it show. So say it, share it, and show it. And uh, and let it, let it show. Let other people know, I'm a grateful person. I am thankful. Now, as I said, the, the greatest thing to be thankful for is your salvation. And I'd say today, if if you're a guest, if you're or if you're a member, and you say, you know, I I haven't received the gift of salvation. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. It's a gift. And that isn't that wonderful? The Bible said, hey, let those who have no money come and have drink freely from the water of life. Are you a Christian? Have you received the gift of eternal life? Have you received the cleansing away of all your sins? You know, people today, so many people are just burdened down with guilt and shame, and they said, oh, I've just made a mess of my life. God says, hey, messes is what I specialize in. That's who I came for, is to forgive sinners and to love those who are weak and helpless. As long as you think you can do it yourself, you won't ever come to him. But when you come to the end of yourself and you say, Jesus, I come to you, he says, I receive you. Come, come, come. And if you're not a believer today, if you say, well, I want to be a believer and I want to be a receiver, then when we sing this next song in just a minute, it'll just be an invitation song. It'll be an opportunity for you to come and say, Pastor, I want to be a Christian. I want to receive God's Son and the gift of eternal life. 
And if you need to come in some other way, you come. Let's pray, and then we'll sing. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for saving us, for loving us, for forgiving us, and for giving us eternal life. And I thank you for the people that you've put in our life. Lord, I just thank you so much for this church. I thank you for the love that I feel every time I walk into this place. I thank you for every person in this church that touches our life on a regular basis. And I ask you to help those here today who need to receive the free and wonderful gift of eternal life, that they will receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week. And may the Lord richly bless you.